Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, For a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real Manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergy Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. Arms. Today. Not a real project, mate. They make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want to loyalty, buy a dog. And welcome to yet another exciting episode of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Putve, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good morning. And Treg Wilson. Good morning, everyone. Oh, Treg, why isn't your... you got to mute that thing. No one wants to listen to you. We're here okay. for Matt. Well, this isn't video. <laughs> when, we start, when we start twitching like the boys at Habilisten, or or whatever, then... Watch the friggin' listeners roll in with Matt's beautiful face out there for all to see. Yeah, but you can hear the handsomeness in the voice. <clears throat> it's true, true. I don't even think he talks. I think it's just his beard going, which, which I think he <laughs> shaved. It looks like he shaved it. I trimmed it up a little bit. 
it's it the getting a little, it, was, it was getting a little bit it was getting a little bit wild for work so i had to i had to try to trim her down a little bit the movember matt yeah <laughs> speaking of which we have that movember page matt give us the details so um every year we've uh we've had our uh our, our campaign going this year we've uh we've kind of broke away from uh from our old team and started our own so if uh if you guys want to uh join up with us or make a donation uh the team is the hockey podcast community uh we just started it up we've got uh we've got five members we've already got some money in the pot so you know any 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 amount of money that can be donated or can be raised uh for this cause um, we, we've all had somebody in our lives that have been uh, touched by uh, by cancer, have been affected by it. So uh, if you want to join or you just want to share the page, it's the Hockey Podcast Community Movember page, and uh, it'll be on uh, it'll be on the Habs Unfiltered uh, Twitter account. So just be looking for that, and uh, please share and please give generously. Uh, also, uh, this episode is going to be airing on the week of Remembrance Day. Uh, as we all are serving members of the Canadian Air Forces, clearly Remembrance Day is a special time for us. It means, it means something to all of us. Um, for listeners who may not know, between the three of us, uh, we have just over 60 years of service in the Armed Forces with approximately 20 overseas deployments between the three of us. So we understand the sacrifices made <clears throat> we um, we know many people that have had to deal with problems or have passed away. So we ask that everyone take some time this this Remembrance Day to. Uh, unfortunately, we can't go to ceremonies. Um, Canadian Armed Forces have been ordered not to go unless they're participating, and. Um, just take some time to watch a ceremony on TV. Take two minutes on Wednesday coming up on the 11th at 11 o'clock. Just take two minutes. That's all we ask is two minutes, two minutes. Wear a poppy. Um, so it's not glorifying anything. It's just honoring the sacrifices of the members who have passed or have come back different or injured and the families of these men and women who have had to deal with this sacrifice and have sacrificed themselves. So I know that's a somber note, but it, it's something that I felt needed to be said. So on a more upbeat note, uh, Matt, why don't you lead us on the, uh, the news and notes for the Canadians? So I'll start with, uh, I'll start with NCAA news. Um, we're going to be able to see one of the Canadians' top prospects finally take the ice again. Uh, we have seen him skating around Wisconsin a little bit uh, on rollerblades. That's Cole Caulfield. Um, he and uh, Jake Gordiak both play for Wisconsin, and it looks like their first game of the year is going to be on November 13th. I believe it's against Notre Dame. And um, following on with the NCAA news, Hockey East looks like it'll be starting up on November 20th. So you'll see Jordan Harris, you'll see Jaden Struble, and you'll also see uh, Luke Tuck as well. You'll definitely, uh, you'll definitely see him on the ice, and that's a, that's a player that I'm looking forward to see. And 
um, the the uh, power forward style that he plays and see what he really brings to the table. Because uh, during his interviews, um, apparently a lot of a lot of um, a lot of his teammates said, you know, I want to be on Tuck's line. I want to be on Tuck's line. And I want to see what all the hype is about this guy. If he's anything like his brother, he was, he's a definitely a solid pick uh, by the Canadians. Uh, I, I think people maybe. I mean, we were all pretty excited that they, they pick someone with some size and plays a power forward game. Um, the high end on him from most people is they're hoping he's a top six. But if he just turns into a third-line power forward type, Absolutely. it's a home run swing. Yeah, especially so, if he can work on his skating and yeah. he can be one of those power forward, um, second, third-line type guys that you can throw out and be uh, a penalty killer type thing, be a net front pre- presence on the power play, et cetera. I think that would be a home run. It's those kinds of players that can move up and down your lineup as well. He can do a few shifts with their top line or the, yep. you know, he can move into a top six for a couple yep. of shifts just to play a certain role. Play, you 100%. know, hundred percent. Be so, one of those energy guys after yeah. uh, after a power play or something like we've seen the Canadians, they, they tend to play the same players after a unsuccess, like after a penalty kill or something like that. He can be one of those guys go in hard on the four check and go from there. Obviously yeah. we're, we're really looking into the future. He's not NHL ready as of yet, but um, I think he's got the tools in the toolbox to be able to develop into that player with the right development. And uh, for him going uh, for playing in Boston, I think he's going to do very well. And uh, he's also been part of the, uh, the world junior selection camp for the U S. So I I believe we're going to be seeing much more of him in the future. Yeah. Maybe he'll win a bean pot tournament and uh, he'll get to, get to wear the uh, bean pot as a hat like his brother did. 100%. So who's next? Who do you got next there, Matt? Um, so another news, we've got uh, Josh Brook. Josh Brook is heading to Germany, and um, he has been loaned to the Cryfield Penguin of the DEL. Um, other, than, other than a few of the top teams in Germany, didn't really know about this team, had to do a little bit of research on them. They were a very bottom tier team in the Dell last year. Um, but for me, that doesn't really matter. Uh, we saw we saw a little bit of Josh Brook. We've seen him a little bit outside of, like, out, like off the rink. And um, we've seen that uh, he looks like he's put on some mass. And uh, Joel Bouchard has challenged his guys to get a little bit bigger. There's no, there's no reason that uh, without you guys playing hockey that you can't be hitting the gym, that you can't be becoming better players, you can't be getting more physically fit, et cetera. And um, in, in Brooks' case, we've seen that. Um, so hopefully those results that we've seen from the gym are going to result to um, some strong play on the ice. Um, last year, you know, first real pro season, he put up, he put up 13 points in 60 games, which is, you know, not too bad for a guy's first year in pro. And, and I think he's going to, he's going to take that next step forward and, and playing in Germany, playing against men, it's going to be, um, it's going to be that much more of a, of a challenge for him. And we'll and we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it pans out. I'm hoping that uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to really benefit from that experience. 
I think well, uh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Germany's a good place for Brook. Near the end of the season last year, he's starting to come into his game for uh, Laval, and uh, he's a guy that really, I think he took a step backwards. That everyone felt he took a step backwards. Uh, I I don't think he did. I just think he was at a point where he just didn't have that extra step yet. Uh, and I think this is going to really help him with his development and with his, uh, I mean, uh, it's like uh, Brian Wilde has always said, if you don't have the puck on your stick, you're not doing anything. So, uh, you know, maybe if he gets some games in and he's maybe one of the top, uh, top two pairings, then maybe he'll get some ice time, get the puck on his stick and go from there. So for me, what, what it was, was, um, the fact that the Canadians didn't really have much on the left side when he, when Brooke was coming up. So a lot of people said, well, you've got a guy in Josh Brooke who's a righty, but he can play the left. He played the left in Moose Jaw. So maybe this is a guy. And a lot of people at camp were like, Josh Brooks got a chance. Josh Brooks got a chance. Josh Brooks got a chance. And I wasn't one of the naysayers saying that he wasn't going to have an opportunity but he wasn't ready and he's still not ready yet. So I believe this um, will definitely benefit him. Like this is a guy that put up 75 points in, in Moose Jaw. The guy can put the puck in the net. He can move the puck. He can play a two-way game. He's got the skills there. He just needs to take that next step. Like most of these prospects too, to jump into the NHL or to, to make an impact to the AHL level to be that call up because right now, um, he is one of those guys that if a defenseman goes down, he might be one of those guys that's going to be one of the first call-ups because you don't have the Alsner anymore. You don't, you know what I mean? Like he, he could be one of those guys with some strong play at the start of the season. And, and you gotta, you, people need to keep in mind too, there's a massive gap between the AHL and junior hockey. Yeah, everyone's 100%. bigger, everyone's faster, everyone's stronger. So there's, there's a really large adjustment period, especially for defensemen. And we saw from Brooke through the year, uh, having watched a lot of Laval Rocket games throughout the year, I saw a progression in his game. And he was used in a lot of different ways on the left side, on the right side. He was used at forward for some games. Didn't matter. He would do exactly what the coach said. He would get into his position and he would do what he was told. So that shows the hockey IQ that this kid has. Also, um, by the end of the season, we saw a much better, much more confidence in, in himself. The, the, a lot of that has to do with the confidence in how to approach the game and what to do when you're there. So he's starting to pick that up. What I want to see from him out of the DEL, because they have the larger ice surface, so he won't be able to play the same style, is I'd like to see him work on his gap control. If he can work on that gap control, which translates to North American or doesn't matter the ice surface keeping the gap control nice and tight he can use his mobility for that and it would translate perfectly to the north american game and that was a big issue for him on d so if he can get that and has that confidence i think this year with a shortened season we're going to see a a, a large jump in his progression so I like to, um i like to see him get a little bit of power play time in the in the, in the yeah. dl just based on the fact that if you can control the blue line and you can um control where you are on the ice to accept passes and, um, and really hug that blue line on the power play. If you can do it on the big ice, you can de you'll definitely be able to translate that over to North American hockey. And uh, he's got a good shot and he, and, he, and he makes a good first pass. So I think it'd be very, it'd be very beneficial for him. 
and um, it's it's a guy that I'm going to be looking at next year when uh, when training camp starts up. And, and he's one of those few. Like it, this is a skill that not all defensemen have. Is he can walk that blue line. He can pick up the puck in tra- uh, in, along that blue line and just crossovers and ca- just carry it back and forth along that blue line. With it almost looks like with ease. So that's a skill. If he keeps working on it, it'll help yeah. on a power play. Uh, so who else you got there? You got Leskinen. Yeah. So Otto Leskinen's playing been playing for Kalpa of, of Liga. Um, he's put up seven points in eight games so far. He's uh, he's really shined for that team. He's uh, he's getting power play minutes. He's uh, he's been impressive. He's one of those guys that you don't really hear about. You don't really think about that often. But uh, but he's somebody that's uh, he's caught my eye. He's uh, he's been out there some videos on social media. So definitely take a look at him. And uh, I'll uh, I'll pass over the next uh, league fella to you. Uh, Treg in uh, just very Emmy playing for Assad. How do how have you how have you even though he hasn't put up any points? How have you rated his game so far? Because I know I know you've seen some video of him. Uh, from what I've seen of the video playing with uh, Porno Ass, he uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's actually quite dominant in his play. Uh, he's using his body. He's using his strength. Uh, he's using the things that he wasn't using with the Canadians last season. Well, before the playoffs. Uh, and uh, he's setting players up. He's, you know, he's, he's driving the offense. The problem is, it's the team's shitty. Like, it is a terrible team. And, uh, you know, it's like, sorry, uh, sorry, D, but it's like playing with a bunch of lecanins. <laughs> you're, 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 and I mean, now that I got like an in stick, maybe he'll score go score thirty goals next year. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much a team of almost borks. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, it really is. Like, I mean, some of the video and everyone's seen. Uh, everyone should have seen this one. He, the guy's wide open in front of an open net, literally open net, and he can't put the puck in the net. And yeah. it's just so people are going to look at points. They're going to go on to hockey DB and they're going to say, Oh, Cockney and Emmy's playing in the league, a, a lower league and not scoring any points. It, uh, trust me, watch the video, watch the games. Uh, they put the links on Twitter all the time. Uh, he is dominating his play. It's definitely not for <clears throat> lack of trying. That's for no. sure. His and face it, and off, it, his, he's still got to work on his face offs. He's not, he's still, I don't have the numbers, but from what I've seen, he's still under fifty percent on his faceoffs. But one th- one thing that was that when we, when we uh, looked at the end of last season, we we end, the end of the playoffs, um, a question that I had was uh, who who what kind what kind of Emmy are we going to see to start the season? And um, him going over and playing in Liga, we're seeing that that uh, physical style of play and that. Um, Hard along the board, going to the net. The way he was playing in in the in the playoffs is how he's playing right now. So that's great. I'm glad that he hasn't clicked that switch and went back to his sophomore year because last year was a year to remember. Was not a year to remember for him. It was it, it was one of those. Uh, that's not the player that he is, and that's one that if he can erase from the record books and be like, you know, that never happened. Just don't think of me as that kind of player. Um, he looks to be 
ready to take that next step in his development and get some of these harder matchups at the NHL level next season. It's almost like he listened to what Joel Bouchard told him about the little things in his game that he had to work on, and that's what he's concentrating on over in Liga. Not that he's forgetting anything else, but it seems like he's concentrating on using his body, using his size, and he has a lot of size now, uh, and uh, using that all to his advantage. I wish he he would have a smaller stick, but that's just me. Bouchard has done excellent things for this organization. And a lot of people were calling him like the uh, the French Tortorella and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know what? I can see a little bit of that just based on his personality and how fired up he gets on the bench. But, uh, you know, this guy worked in the uh, in the background for Hockey Canada. He's been with the junior teams, et cetera. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. And, um, yeah, does he, does he get fired up on the bench? Does he swear? You know what? They all do. Some of them just get – portrayed a little bit more on the media side of it but I think he's done some great things for this organization we saw with uh, with Mete going down um, now I'm hoping and now I'm hoping that uh, I had to throw that in there because I know you love him Treg and um, for me the, the the one guy that I'm really hoping are going to be able to uh, to really take that next step is uh, is Paling I'm if 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 uh, if he can't hit the, you know, really hit the ice this year and make a make a statement at the AHL level, then I'm 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 going to start kind of I don't know looking the looking the other way when it comes towards his development, but um, we'll get into that later on. Uh, another guy I'll throw in uh, is uh, one of those players that's a little bit more controversial, I guess. Um, there's been a lot of negativity around this player and a lot of negativity towards the Habs. Um, and that's uh, Charles Houdin. He's, uh, he's, been playing, uh, he's been playing in Switzerland for uh, uh, Lausanne Hockey Club. And uh, he's got seven points in four games. But, you know, we, we discussed this a little bit off air and we'll get into it a little bit now. He is playing in a lesser league. Um, they, they are very excited to have him on that team. They really are. You see their social media. You see, uh, you see all their, um, you know, their equivalent of Sports Center, et cetera. And it's Charles Houdin article, Charles Houdin article, et cetera, et cetera. And um, maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he needs to be on a top six. And like he was already playing a top six role in the AHL. We know that he can play at the AHL level. We know he's fucking deadly on the power play. It's just his 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 skills, other than that one season that he played almost a full year in the NHL, they, they haven't transitioned over. He's not a guy that can play yeah. at a constant level and constantly compete at the NHL level. And it's and, and he's had his opportunities. That but that there, year he played in the NHL, that was a horrible year for the Canadians. So oh, they absolutely, had, absolutely. They, they had, had no to else. use him. Yeah, they had yeah. to use him. Yeah. And, and what you what you see from Udon is. He is a deadly AHL player, but there's that big jump from AHL to NHL. And he's just not, he's just not good enough to be a, a consistent top six player. That's a skill set, but he's not good enough at the NHL level to play that. So if he was good defensively, he would be usable on a third line. Yeah. But he's not. He's, no, he's not. He's he very, does not uh, have... He's a he's no. a he's an offensively driven player. That's right. He's a straight line type guy. He's a I'm gonna get open, you give me the puck type player. 
And um, you can't have that as a bottom six forward in the NHL. And he's all, he can't, he also can't take that physicality. No. Right. He can't, he can't get beat up in front of the net. He can't get beat up in front of the board or uh, along the boards, et cetera. And it's, it's really hampered his, uh, his path to the NHL or path back to the NHL. But he's a tweener. He's a tweener. I don't know what you guys are talking about. A guy on Twitter just last week told me he's the Ovechkin of the AHL. Cool. And, and that is Montreal's fault that he didn't get the chance in Montreal. Uh, what? <laughs> anyway, so would would Houd- honestly would Houdon even be like he was a fifth round pick for a reason? Yeah, you know what? I'm he gonna was- Houdon's like <clears throat> meant to, he wouldn't even be known in the organization if it wasn't for the 2017 Montreal Canadiens. They were horrible, and they needed to play these guys, and that's so why he- Mete and Houdon played for them. But here's the thing with Houdon: would anyone even know about this guy or care? If his name was Smith, no. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably not. To be honest, no. It, he's a local kid who was drafted in a fifth round. Yeah, he tore up the AHL. He's a great AHL player, and maybe if he played on a bottom feeding NHL team, he can get some ice time like he did with the Canadians in 2017. But he's not quite there. So him going to Europe, I think, in the long run for him works that's, out best and that's where he's staying i think i don't think i think so too he's gonna make good money out there uh he's gonna play for a few different european clubs and they're gonna love him everywhere he goes they're gonna love him because he's highly skilled he's exciting to watch with the wide open ice surface he can play his style of game up even more and he'll make a lot more money playing out there than he would playing in the ahl and trying to fight his way to an nhl club and just his comments when he went over there and stuff like yeah. that. There's no, I don't, I mean, he's the only RFA not signed, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I believe and is, yeah. I don't think they're going to, I just think they're going to let him become a free agent and let it go. Well, they, they kept his rights so that they could try to trade him away to give him a shot. But Plus, plus don't they get compensation if he signs somewhere? I don't know. I don't know how that works because they, they did his qualifying offer. I know that. Yeah, they did a qualifying offer to keep the rights so they can trade the yeah. rights for yeah, something, but yeah. nobody nobody stepped up, nobody took them. So, I mean, which is which is odd though because you still got to fill an AHL club if you're the NHL, and he would be like he would be a good fit on. It's no different than uh, Montreal getting uh, uh, Riley Barber and uh, Veroni last year, like yeah. uh, top AHL players. Although they didn't like Joel <laughs> Bouchard. But he would be a good AHL player for whatever team wants him, and that's uh, so. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't go for like a fifth or higher round draft pick, or I'm sorry, not. fifth or lower round draft pick or something. You know, uh, I mean? I, I'm not surprised at all for the simple fact that it would be an NHL contract. He would have to be play, uh, paid, even if he's paid two way money. It would be above what guys like that would get paid, and these teams all have internal caps. So yeah, they're. They're not paying all the way to the cap in the NHL, but you got to keep in mind too, they got to pay an AHL team yeah. as well. So I guess on and, a nor- in a normal season, yeah, probably, but he not probably would have been signed. Yeah. yeah. And he would also take the place of someone in their system. What if they want to bring up a younger guy to play there? He would eat up a ton of ice time from one of their younger guys. So I can see why he went there. He's going to do well. Good luck. So I'll um, I'll just round up the news and talk about some of these prospects that are uh, that are also playing 
that are also playing hockey right now. I'll just do some really quick ones. Um, Gianni Fairbrother is now playing for the Nanaimo Clippers, the BCHL. So it is a step down in, uh, in competition for him, but at least he's getting some uh, time on the ice. Um, uh, Jan Mysak is uh, playing for a Czech team right now, and he's also playing in the – I don't remember what the tournament's called, but he just played the other day. Aurelia Cup. Yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's, he's sticking on a line with, uh, so it's the Mysack leg. He's, so he's a Mysack sticking to the leg. <laughs> but uh, I did see a clip of him. He did pick up a secondary assist on one of those goals, and uh, he's he's looked he's looked good so far. Um, uh, Matthias uh, Norlander, uh, he tried the uh, Michigan the other day, and this is going to be an exciting guy to watch. So definitely uh, keep your eyes out on him, uh, Yelonen. He's uh, he's getting more time on uh, time on ice with uh, with the Pelicans of Liga. He's got a few points this season. He has more points than Cocky Amy. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, the last one that I'll stop with is uh, Lucas Vedemo, and uh, he's got five points right now playing in the Swedish league, and he got absolutely fucking destroyed the other day. So look, what, so if if you're a, if you're a Vedemo fan, don't watch that because he got absolutely wrecked on that hit. <laughs> Just to bring up too, is that uh, Grodin guy or the uh, Alexander Grodin? Yeah, the Russian is killing it in the uh, M- MHL or in the MHL. That, yeah, in the MHL. Yeah, he's got eleven points so far. Yeah, and he's bounced around a little bit. He's played a little bit in the VHL, and he's got a game into the KHL as well. Yeah, that kid's shot is deadly, but you can tell he needs to to get. get he has a, a lot of work. Skating. He has a lot yeah. of work. He does. Yeah. 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 There's a reason why he was a seventh round pick. And some good note before we go, because we're gonna our next topic is gonna be prospects. Canadians only have uh, three players that uh, are OHL play, or Canadian Hockey League players uh, right now. That's Caden Gould, uh, Yan Mysak, who we already talked about where he's playing, and uh, Yanni Fairbrother. Now Fairbrother, our big reason he's playing the BCHL is because of his shoulder surgery, and he needs the time on the ice. So it is a lesser league, but it's given him the time on the ice. Uh, Caden, right now, Caden Gooley's the only guy who doesn't have a place to go. Uh, he's, but he's going to be, he's selected to be go to Red Deer for the World Junior Championships. My sacks also select to go to the Czech team for the World Junior. So yeah, don't don't forget about uh, Caulfield and that, uh, uh, that Sudbury goalie too. Uh, Dichau, yeah, yeah, Dichau, yeah, yeah. And what about uh, what's the other guy? Um, Jacob Laguerriere. Yeah. Is he still is he still going to be playing OHL or is he Yeah. Can he go? Yeah. He's playing as an overager in the Sioux. Oh yeah, okay. So, uh I think we'll segue from here to uh our prospects talk. So, in this discussion, we're going to we're going to kind of set the the prospects up in tiers as we see them, you know, guys like you know, guys that we would want to trade or you know, like untouchables. And then, you know, like an A, B, or C class prospect kind of thing. So um, this is more of a a mental exercise. So bear with us. We have a hard time with mental exercises as, uh, you know, we've all suffered concussions. And I mean, just thank God we're pretty, except for Treg. (laughs) He's just, he's he's already behind the eight ball. So, uh, Matt, what do you think? Well, who do you think would be in that top tier, like a class A prospect that you would just 
wouldn't want to move. Do you want me to do multiple or do you want me to just do one? Name a couple. I mean, we're just we're spitballing here. We're having a good time. So Okay. So I will start with um, Canadian's most recent first-round pick and uh, Caden Gooley. I would uh, 100% put him in, as of right now, put him in the untouchables bracket. Uh, the guy is an absolute beast on the ice. When you compare yourself to the Habs captain and how he plays, and you're an 18-year-old, and uh, in your interviews you say things like, I like making it hard for the top players on the other team to be on the ice. That's the kind of guy that I want to, that I want on the blue line. Um, the guy, he's, he's, he's physical. He can play a shutdown. He can, uh, he can join the rush. He's an outstanding skater. And um, he's only getting bigger and stronger. And um, he's been recently uh, signed to his entry-level deal. And he's also been invited to the uh, World Junior Selection Camp. So I, 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 and he's a left-handed shot, which isn't as big of a deal as it, as it once was. So this is a guy that they don't need to rush. They can allow him to play in, in, um, in Prince Albert. They can allow him to play in the AHL. This is a guy that they don't have to say, hey, you're a first-round pick, jump into the lineup, we need you right away. The, the moves that Bergevin has made right now has made it a lot easier on this kid to develop. And um, with proper coaching, I believe he's, he's going to make that, that next step. Um, another guy that I'll throw out there um, would be another defenseman in uh, Matthias Norlander. The guy is developing into a very strong two-way player. And he's going to be a very, um, he's going to be a very exciting offensive player. And I brought it up uh, a few minutes ago with him pulling off the Michigan, even though we didn't score for a defenseman to try that is, is pretty insane. So uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to be an exciting player to watch as well. And I would, I would keep him another left-handed shot that I would, uh, would not want to move. And um, there are more obviously, but I'll let you guys touch on those and I'll, I'll just finish. I'll finish with, uh, I'll finish with, um, Let's go with uh, with Caulfield. I would I wouldn't move Caulfield. Uh, no, I, I have to agree there. Uh, Caulfield is unique in the Canadian system as he's someone who can actually score. Like that's his that's his skill set is scoring. So nobody else in the system has that. But on Norlander, I wouldn't put him in that top tier. Uh, the kind of guy I would hold on to. I, I would put him him and Harris. So those two together. If someone came to me as the GM and said, hey, I'll give you, you know, player X that could fill a, a need for you on the NHL lineup, but I want one of your left-handed defensemen, and it's either Norlander or Harris, I would probably lean towards Harris. To keep Harris or move I Harris? would keep Harris. I, okay. would, I would move Norlander because he ha right now he has a higher value, so you'd, you wouldn't have to give up as much pick-wise. That's and I true. think Harris in the long run will end up about the same, if not maybe better defensively anyway. Um, Harris has that style of game where he, he can carry the puck up ice. He can make that first pass. He's extremely mobile. He, uh, he has good speed. He has, he's very good defensively. Um, but he won't be that guy that's going to, 
you know, wow you with any offensive flair like Norlander can. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to become a more effective player and he can put, he can, he can play a ton of minutes. Like last year, he averaged about 27 minutes a game in ice time for uh, Northeastern as a sophomore, as a freshman right in, he was, he was playing what, 20, 21 minutes a game. So, and, and he was on a top pair for the United States in their world juniors last year. Yeah. So here's someone that they, you can rely on and can move the puck up ice. He's not a big physical guy either, but he's he's very good at knocking pucks off of sticks. He's good at keeping his bot keeping his position between the goaltender and the forward, keeping the forwards to the outside. Uh, he's that new style of defender with a little bit of that old school um, defense first mentality. So I think in the long run he'll be he'll be a more effective NHLer. So I would I would keep Harris over Norlander even though Norlander is lighting up Sweden. So, yeah. that, so who me. else, who else would you, that, who else would you add to your list to say, uh, to say who, who would be an untouchable for you guys? Well, clearly Gooley just cause he was just picked. Um, yeah. But Primo would be the only other one I would add only because right now we're not sure about Dykow, what he can do, but Primo's the only goaltender in the system that you can say, I can see a, an NHL starter in him. Yeah. Right. To me, after that, everyone else, fair game. So what about, uh, I'll, just, I'll just throw this off to you first, because you just said that's your last one. Um, what about Romanov? Well, I, me, I, I would add him right now as an untouchable. I just didn't want to take all the players and talk about every one of them. But um, – Romanov, Any guys that are already at the NHL level, I'm not. I'm not thinking about them. Okay. So okay, I got he's, you. He's earmarked for the the Habs anyway. Yep. So guys like him and uh, Kotniemi and Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not you. even thinking about them as prospects anymore for okay. this. For okay. This. Treg, you're holding back. You're you're sucking back your power juice and just just vibrating. Uh <clears throat> I disagree with Norlander. I think Norlander to me right now is an untouchable. Uh, I'm also going to uh, say the other untouchable. I have Cole Caulfield's obvious. Caden yeah. uh, Gould, um, obvious just because he just got picked. But I think Caden Gould is going to turn out to be a good uh, defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, a top four defenseman. I, I really do. I don't think he's going to give you the offensive flair, but he's going to be the – I don't want to say Shea Weber of the future because I don't think he'll get the point Shea Weber has, but he's going to play the game like Shea Weber does. But the, just to, the reason I, I disagree with you on Norlander is because uh, something that his uh, coach in Forlunda has said, and because uh, uh, I was kind of with, with you, like I was looking at Norlander as a Subban type player. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, that kind of that kind a of A lot of offense, player. a lot yeah. of flash, little bit of defensive play, but not that he's not bad defensively. I just nope. think Harris is a little bit further ahead. But this is what his, his coach, uh, Roger Ronberg, had to say in Forlunda. And just so you guys know, this is a guy who's uh, coached Eric Gustafson, John Klingberg, and Rasmus Dahlin. He says, and I quote, I am extremely happy that things are happening around Mattias. He really plays to make his team win. He has the best defensive qualities of all the offensive defenders that I have ever coached in Forlunda. 
He has a great foundation. He's great playing away from the puck, and he has so many dimensions to his play. So when I hear something like that, that goes to show me that he's a little bit better than, say, a Subban-type player because yeah. he's a little bit more well-rounded in his, in his own end. And I would prefer, because more of a, a – you look at the need. Montreal does not have <clears throat> that left-handed puck-moving defenseman. And he could probably – I mean, not today – but not this year, but he could probably fill that goal in the very near future. Because if you think about it, Sherratt's contract's coming up the after the end of next season. Right. And then two years after that, Edmondson's gone, if he's not already gone. So you got to start finding these guys. Romanoff, he's not going to be the offensive defenseman uh, that I think everyone thinks he's going to be. I think he's going to be more of a, poor man's Markov, if you understand what I'm saying there. He's he, he's going to play like Markov. Like, he's going to be like Gooley with Weber. He's going to play like Markov, just not put the production up that Markov put up on the offensive level. Uh, and I think Norlander's going to be that guy that's going to come in and be that puck mover, that power play guy, that guy that much – but he's also going to be defensively responsible. Yeah, so you feel like he's going to be more of a quarterback yes. than Harris. Yes. And nothing and, against Harris. It's no, nothing no, against no. Harris. I just no. think his – we have players like Harris already. We have the we have the, the Petries. Romanov, I think, is going to be a little bit like – If you're comparing Harris to Petrie, I mean, that's – I'm not comparing not him to Petrie. I'm just saying, like, don't get me wrong. Harris is going to be an NHL defend, defenseman. Yeah. He's going to play with the Montreal Canadiens. I just see Norlander as a top four defenseman, and I see Harris as maybe a – fifth sixth defenseman now uh, on on norlander if uh, the quote you you pulled out for anyone who wants to find out more uh patrick bexell over at habs eyes on the prize did an excellent excellent job finding a lot of this stuff talking to his coaches and, and he he's out there in sweden watching him play so he's a great follow um he has a lot of information on the uh, these young guys um and he's he's enamored with uh, with Norlander as well. And who can blame him? I mean, the kid is exciting to watch, but I think he's at that tier where it's can he become that player in the NHL, or do you use that value to help the NHL team now? And would keeping a guy like Harris be able to give you similar play for lesser money? It's these are the these are the tough tough decisions that we're at now. It's, it's all in, it's all how and you look at it. and it's a good thing to have like like to yeah. sit there just to have a conversation on well who would you keep and who would you get rid of and then have an argument over why you would keep i mean two years ago i'd be like who are we keeping i don't care who we keep <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, when charles Houdon was one of your top <laughs> prospects i don't care yeah. ryan paling <laughs> you know like i mean and, and that's you, another you thing get with into paling too. yeah with paling Personally, like uh I don't think Paling's a, a must-keep, but I would be very leery of getting rid of him right now. Just because of what's going to happen with Deno. So these are things yeah. – it's a, it's a trickle-down. Yeah. What do you do with your NHL lineup? That's where these prospects start to fit in because they play certain roles. You have Evans, who I don't think is going to become a, a consistent third-line center. I, I think Evans is a bit overhyped. I think he's yeah. a fourth-line center He's a fourth-liner. He's a fourth liner, though. Every team needs him. He's yeah. a fourth liner, but I. But not a third. 
I don't see him moving up. I don't see no, him as a fourth no. liner that can move up the lineup to fill in for no. depth injuries. Whereas Paling is a third liner. I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not totally, I'm not totally against Paling. I, he's had one pro season. Yeah. He, he, like everyone seems to only think about his three goal game against Toronto and a game that no one cared about where Toronto didn't play half the defense, not that they have any defense. By the way, the Canadians won that game. Just, yes. just for our Leaf fans who are listening, yeah, Montreal won that game. He actually scored four goals if you count the winning yeah. shootout goal. Yeah. Um, Suck it. I, you know, and then everyone assumed he was going to come out and be this 50, 60-point guy the next season. Um, the next Austin Matthews. Well, I mean, we, we got to admit, even on the show, we talked about we thought Paling would at least be on the team. And he didn't. And he had to – he came from university. He came from the uh, uh, NCAA – and that's a big transition. And that's another thing I'll put on Norlander over Harris is Norlander's already playing pro, whereas Harris is still in the NCAA. Which is fair. So he, 100% he's a little, fair. He's a st- I would say he's a step ahead of Harris right now. However, Harris is playing a North American sized ice. He's already got True. that. Yep. He's already got that going for him. If, and he if, has an um, excellent coach in Jim Madigan. You're if, wrong. If, if, playing yeah. Norlander if, all the way. You're if wrong. Norlander, if Norlander can take the skills that he has on the bigger ice and trans and yeah. be able to translate them into North American uh, ice, he's going to be a very exciting player to watch even more so. Yeah, but Harris be... has already got the skills on the smaller ice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be the knock against Norlander. That, yeah. that, uh, yeah. Obviously, Leskinen, I think when he came over last year, I was a big proponent of Leskinen. I thought he was going to be, you know, I still yeah. think he's going to be a good yeah. player. He was your it next year, back. <laughs> I yeah, love what we've seen with Luskin and he's, he's gone back to the bigger ice and he's, he's performing, but that's just it. Yeah. Can right. he do it on the smaller ice? That's because right. he, he struggled a bit with Laval. Like yeah. he did get a call up to Montreal at a time when everyone was hurt and yep. they were just trying out to he see. He did okay. Can, I mean, he, he did okay. Didn't light anything up, but, but he wasn't the player I thought he was going to be in the HL. And, yeah. He wasn't and, a, he wasn't a burden by any means. No, no. he wasn't a burden, but he wasn't. I thought he was going to be a power play guy that could fight for a spot on the Canadians, and he didn't. Yeah. So, uh, sticking with prospects and 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 that talk, who would you guys have as a as some of these mid tier? So someone that uh, you might hold close to you and be like, I really like this guy. However, right deal comes along, this is a guy that I would be maybe a little bit more comfortable moving. Or we'll throw it the other way of saying this is a mid-tier guy to me. I'd like to hold on to him to say what does he have in the future. Well, for me, guys like Josh Brook, um, Noah Juleson, Kale Fleury, uh, those types of players that could become NHLers who have proven they can be NHLers, that's that level there. You're starting to wonder, okay, I'd like them all. I'd like to keep them all, but I just can't. They're yeah. all right-handed defensemen. Mm-hmm. You only have so much space, especially when you have uh, Weber and Petrie filling that right side. So who do you keep and who do you For, for a long time. Well, Brooke, you're, you're okay for this year. He doesn't have to worry about waivers or anything. Uh, but now you're looking at this year, next year, which one is the guy that you want to keep? Which one can you move to help your team somewhere else? And, and that's – that's the, that's the level that we're talking about now where you know you're giving up something of quality, 
but it, everything depends on what you get back. Are you filling a need somewhere else when you move these guys? It's okay. not just to move them. You're not trading these guys to pick up <clears throat> a second round pick somewhere. You're trading them in a package to fill a need. Someone, you know, if the Canadians need a, uh, a shooter, someone who can play on the power play, uh, play left wing or something, you package this guy up with some picks, maybe an NHL roster player, and move them out to get what you need. It's not trade them just to trade them because that's the level that we're at now with these guys. Okay. And what about, uh, what about at the level of um, guys that haven't played in the NHL, haven't played pro? What about those, those, that tier of uh, prospects? Who would, you, who would you put in that, uh, that mid-tier? Struble for me would be in there. Okay. Yep. I'd Even though I think, I think in the long run, Struble's going to end up being a very, very good player. I think but so he's, too. He's, three, he's about two, three years out before he even has a, a chance at sniffing the league. Yeah. He, so, he really started to, to warm up last season before he yeah. got injured. Yeah. Um, you know, putting up 10 points in 21 games, uh, playing a physical style. And he's got to get – he does play with that bite. Yeah. And uh, we saw that. Uh, we saw that last year. But this is a guy that was – spoken of very highly by the Canadians and uh, you know, he was the standout at the, uh, at the combine, et cetera. And I'm, I'm with you. I think he's a guy with the proper development and uh, he puts the game in, he plays in all three zones. He's a very physical player. He's a guy that can definitely turn heads if, uh, if he's put down the right path. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, Hey, trade all these guys. My, no, 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 my, no. my point is, we're at the point now with the number of contracts the Canadians have, the number of positions that they have already filled. How many of these guys are actually going to play for the Canadians in the next four or five years? That's true. Where do they fit? Yep. Um, so there's, there's a balancing act that has to happen. Like the Harris Norlander talk, the discussion we just had, both those guys are probably not going to be on the team at the same time. Romanov will probably be there. One of them will be on another pair, another pairing. And then, uh, some veteran guy that's used to fill in the bottom pair, that kind of thing. I, I so, will say this. If we're talking defense, which is what we're kind of – Well, kind of. Sticking to right now, but we'll get to the uh, – The left sides, you're going to want to keep your left-handers more than your right-handers because the top two positions on the right side are – you're not – no one's going to be there. You got Weber and Petrie there for the next yeah, six Four or five years. years. Right? Yeah. Uh, but on the left side – Edmondson signed what a, a three-year or four-year deal four-year four year deal right and he may not be there his whole four years uh Sherratt, uh i think he has this year or next year and that's it yep. his contract's done and then you have of course you have romanov coming up uh met only signed a one year uh and then he's gonna sign a seven year right afterwards yeah seven yeah, seven, seven point five yeah. yeah seven by seven because yeah. mette is the greatest thing that ever happened to uh Look at the zone entries, brother. Canadians. Oh, yeah, analytics, have never analytics been don't. Wrong. Yeah, analytics yeah. don't lie. That's yeah, right. Analytics. Yeah, yeah, that's why John Chaika still has a job. Yeah, he does actually. <laughs> Not he took a, a job GM. with like the Rangers or something as a president, or I don't freaking know. <laughs> but I mean, if going back to the original question, uh, where you're saying the middle tier to me, Jaden Struble, definitely middle tier guy that could probably bounce into that top tier with the right development. Um, Jesse Olinen. Uh, after that, though, Josh Brook, uh, Ikenen, if he can ever get healthy. 
but Eichen's injuries have. I think he's done. I don't. I don't think you'll ever hear from him. And then actually, after that, you're kind of, you know, to me, everyone else is expendable. Uh, Jordan Harris, Cam Hillis, Jordan Harris, maybe Brett Stapley seems to be playing well. He could be a guy that pops into that second tier. Uh, but to me. Caden, to me, Caden Primo second tier only because Primo. I don't want to hold out hope like we did with Tokarski and Condon that this guy is going to be the next big thing. Let's not get let's not confuse him with Tokarski. The ticker, I mean, that guy's special. But I, I'm I'm just saying when they these guys came up, Condon when he he, he started that season that uh, uh, Price got hurt at, he came out on fire to start that season. The whole team did. And uh, once Price went down, Bergevin, you know, thought, oh, well, Condon's playing right. Looked at the analytics and screwed up. So uh, <clears throat> it just – and Condon couldn't carry the team. I'm not saying Primo's going to be like that. I just really – leery of goaltenders when it comes to, to the NHL. See, and that's the thing. That's why I put him on my untouchable list because we just don't know for sure yet, but he has that potential. So you want to leave yep. him in the AHL, play a ton of games, just just push him, see what he can do. Because you look what he did in, in Northeastern in his two years in the NCAA. He won the bean pot for a team that they were not expected to win. And for those who don't know, the bean pot's a pretty big deal in New England for uh, the Eastern-based teams. Um, he put up amazing save percentages and goals against averages on a team, on a weaker team, like offensively weaker team. And he was still pulling in 933 save percentages and a, a goals against average under two. Then he switched over to the pro last year. And in his first year, played 33 pro games, pulled off a, a 17 win season yeah. and still had a, about a 910 save percentage and a, Two, two and a half goals against average. So, yeah. AG, uh, AHL rookie team yeah. as well. Yeah. He, he killed it yeah. in the AHL. I mean, he, it's only because he was in the games they won. It had nothing really to do with <laughs> But, uh, so he's got that progression. He is, he's progressing in an upward trend. It's not a straight line nope. by any and, means. And I agree, but, but I, I just get leery when it comes to, yeah. to goaltenders because usually a great goaltending starter is in the NHL almost right away. Now, Primo stuck behind a, superstar goaltender so it's not you know but uh i but goalies take the goalies take longer to develop it's it's exactly something always happens and you'll never get the value of a goaltender in a trade anyway goalies have for whatever reason as important as they are their value in a trade is low so why not just hold on to this kid let him play a ton and see what you get and i'm not saying get rid of him i'm just saying no 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 if the right deal came along and he was in it, yeah, I would think about it. Now, Charlie Lindgren, on the other hand. Oh, Charlie Lindgren's the next uh, George Vesna. He only loses because he's in the games that they lose. Yeah, that's it. Charlie Lindgren. Now, we can get into this on another show, but we really need to talk about the goaltending situation in the AHL because it's hilarious. But uh, <laughs> Maybe not for the guys who are playing down there because there's four goalies <laughs> in two spots. Um, but going back to, uh, what we were talking about, like our untouchables, our, our second tier and our guys, the untouchables to me, Caulfield, Gooley, uh, 
that's about it for me, to be honest yeah. with you. Really. Uh, well, Norlander don't have any like breakaway elite star prospects. They're all really, really good prospects. They're, a lot of them are higher tier prospects, but none are that, hey, that guy's going to be a superstar. So I could see it. I can see why the list is. I can see Caulfield becoming a superstar. Maybe. I mean, today's age of superstar. I mean, you got to think about it. Hockey isn't like it used to be. A superstar was scoring 50 goals, 100 points at our heyday. And nowadays. Back in my day, they called a turkey walking bird. But now, now, I mean, if you score 30 goals, 70 points, you're, you're a top player in the league. I mean, back in the back in the nineties, back in the early, you know, that was that was your second line guy. If Caulfield can turn into even a guy that can give you twenty twenty five, that's a that's a good pick. Is I, it because I, because is getting twenty getting twenty five nowadays isn't the easiest isn't the easiest thing to do. I see Caulfield being a Gallagher, without the without the that edge. Yeah, I see him being a Gallagher, a, a small Ovechkin, because that's where he's going to set up, like where Ovechkin does. But he's not going to get you seventy points. He's going to get you fifty-five to sixty with, yeah, without, 30, with thirty goals. With thirty, without, without goals. beefing up, he's not going to be one of those guys that are going to be scoring all those uh, goals in front of the net and everything like that. He's going to be. Yeah. He's going. He's got. He's, he's going to find the here. open ice. He's going to yeah. find the open ice, and they're going to. Someone's going to feed him the puck, and he's going to snipe it in the corner. Yeah. So essentially, he is the do. next Pacioretty. He might end up being like some, something like a Goudreau. Hmm. Yeah, because he can pass the puck as well. Yeah. But but that's that's the style of game that Pacioretty played. People thought Pacioretty was his big power forward because he was over six feet tall. But you he know never what? used Pat- his size. Well, no. with, with Pacioretty, like, there were games that he showed up, and he showed up, and he played physical. Like, I remember when he fought um, when he fought Felino, mm. and I was like, he dropped the gloves of Felino, and I was like, this guy's going to get fucking wrecked. Like, Felino is not a slouch at all. and. Ooh. Pacioretty really fucking threw down <laughs> against Felino. And um it's because he stole a ZD before the game. Yeah. <laughs> but we but but yeah, you're right. Like he for a guy that was his size and seen as more of a power forward, yeah. he he didn't really play that style every game. No, he 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 would work on finding that quiet ice in the offensive zone. He'd find yeah. that gap and he'd fire a quick shot off. And that's exactly what Caulfield does. Yeah. Oh, I think Caulfield's going to be a better finisher than Pacioretty was. Yes, his shot's way better. It's more yeah. accurate. That's the thing. I um, mean, I only remember that time that Pacioretty fought the corner and lost. Remember when he hit that stanchion? Oh, no, 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 no. Did you really just go there? No. That's why they call me the villain. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Boo. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough one. Wow. What? Boo. <laughs> Char, Char came over to say hi and he ran. <laughs> You've got villains right now that are like, that's too far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. He came back. He didn't friggin' loop. Nah. He came back better than ever. <laughs> so going back to prospect. Yes. Uh, so, um, so, so some of my mids, Really quick, uh, I would say I, I would throw uh, uh, Luke Tuck in there, and I would throw uh, mm-hmm. Yen Mysak in there as well, who I believe was an absolute absolute steal at the draft. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him play at the juniors and uh, seeing what he can bring to a full OHL season because he uh, he joined Hamilton last year and just lit it up. 
this is a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, and I throw, uh, I would throw, um, oh my God, uh, Paling in there as well. I throw yeah. him, throw him yeah. in there as mid, and um, but he's my lower end in the mids. Like I'm not gonna say I'm trying to. I'm not. I'm not, definitely not giving up on the guy, but he really needs. Yes, to you up. are. He's your mete. Right. He needs to step up, though. Oh. He he. Right. He needs to step up, and if he doesn't this <clears> year, <throat> then it might be time if they can package him with somebody to to get some sort of value for him. I well, find it odd. Was talks. Yeah. There was talks that. He was going to be the big piece moving on a trade for um, Ryan O'Reilly, and I'm a huge Ryan O'Reilly fan. I've always. But that's been why they said no as well. Exactly. So far this year, this off season, before everything happened, he was the big moving. He, him, and the first round pick were going to get Lonnie. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but uh, it, just I, I do find it a little odd though on Paling that we haven't been hearing much about what's going on with him. He's not going anywhere. Uh, he hasn't been loaned out anywhere. Like we don't know what his off-season plans are. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of concerns me a little bit. It is bit. a little bit concerning, but this is a guy that needs to be on the ice. And the fact that uh, every, like, and uh, Eric Engels talked about this, and it was kind of funny. And we brought it up as well. Every time the Canadians played during the playoffs, Ryan Paling was trending. Yeah. He yeah. was he wasn't playing, but it was where's Paling? Why is Belzil getting the ice time over him? Why is Hudon getting the ice time over him? Why is Dale Weiss getting the time in on him? What is going on? And you see him on the ice, you see him taking practice, et cetera. Not in the lineup, not in the lineup, not in the lineup. Yeah. So it, this was a guy that I could see why isn't he why hasn't he been loaned out to Switzerland or Germany or one of these other leagues? that he can play even a, a second, third line on these teams and get some games in. So as, as you pointed out, it is a little bit concerning, especially yeah. for a guy that did not have a strong season last year. According to Rob Ramage, and this is from The Athletic, he spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. He says he's hungry. Uh, he needs to get fed. He said he was, uh, and then he asked how his bubble experience was. Uh, when I read that, I thought he, it was a joke that he asked. But anyway, he said it would have been nice to play, but it just made me hungry. It made me hungry. I want to be on the ice with the Canadians next year. Now, I'll Google where he's playing, and it brings up nothing. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's, what's he doing in the offseason to address what, the deficiencies? Because we know they had a meeting with him as they left the bubble. I know some players say they didn't get one, uh, probably because they were already on the block to be traded. Max <laughs> Domi. Um, <laughs> so what, what's he doing? Like, what's the plan? Is he working on his speed? Is he working on his, uh, his off-ice conditioning? More strength? Probably all of the above. But what concerns me is that he is not playing anywhere or being loaned out anywhere because he's had a couple of months now of off season training, what's, what are they going to do? Just let them train until it's time to hit the, uh, the ice for training camp in December, January timeframe. I think he has to be training somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if he doesn't show up at training camp though, he's going to be among some of the first cuts go back down to the age. Yeah. And which 
in my opinion, if you're not going to use him in a top nine role, put him in Laval. Yeah. Because he is, in my opinion, your, your backup plan for your third line if uh, Deno doesn't want to stay. Everything depends on Deno. How much money does Deno want? Does he see himself as a, a top-line player that deserves $7 million a year, or is he going to figure out that he's an excellent two-way guy that doesn't put up a ton of points, and he's better off at about five if he wants to stay in Montreal? So the, the, these are the things. This is why this middle tier is important. Having used the draft to build up this prospect pool, uh, tool, uh, pool has been very important. And that's why I think the Canadians are where they're at now in their, in their rebuild, whatever fucking, whatever you want to call it kind of plan, because now they have a ton of picks for next year. They have a massive prospect pool with a lot of really good prospects, nothing, you know, other than a couple of guys to say, Holy crap, look at that guy. But um, they, they've got, they've got the pieces to make a move. So everything rests on what do you what do you have on hand in the NHL? What's, what's the plan for next year? And what roles do these guys play? You also got to look at the, the team and the makeup. Like uh, Bergman basically just went out and spent. And he plugged the top six. So if, I mean, look at Cole Caulfield right now. Where does Cole Caulfield fit in when he makes it to the NHL? Which could be next season. We don't know uh, who's not this season the coming up. Though. That's right, but not this season coming up, but the following yeah. season, Caulfield should be either in the AHL or the NHL. You would hope it's the NHL with his talent, but where does he fit in? I kind of put, um, I'm not going to say they're at the same level. They're definitely, but um, he did with the, def- uh, Bergevin did with the defense and the offense, well, kind of like what he did with, uh, with Gooley. He added, he added pieces to the offense to make it so you don't need to necessarily rush someone like Caulfield in. But it's not a matter of rushing him. It's a matter of when he's done his NCAA, he has to have a place to go. You know what? They could, if they wanted to, they could put him in the AHL and put they, him in a top, uh, right? Put him in a top six position. Like, if the, guy's, the guy's not signed yet. Hmm. You right? can also think that if he walks in next year, like not this coming season, but the following season, the 2022 season, uh, he steps in and he, blows the doors off everybody and earns a spot on the roster. Well, you can move a guy like Toffoli to the left side or you can make a trade guys like, uh, you can move Armia like Tatar. Will Tatar be on the, on the roster the following season? Will they resign? So these are little things that this year is this year. And he's going to make, he's going to have to make choices year by year, but he's going to have to also look ahead three, four years with these prospects and say, where do these guys fit? What's my overall arching plan? We should also see Caulfield in a much more offensive role during the juniors this year as well. So yeah. we'll, we'll really be able to see how he's going to be utilized. So Because he has a coach that likes him. Because the world yeah. juniors is the only measuring stick to how good a prospect is. Oh, yeah, totally. It, does, it doesn't matter that he was the freshman of the, the year for the only Big Ten. one. Yeah. Let because... his team in scoring. According to a friend of mine on Facebook, Pierre Francis. <laughs> you know what we've seen, but we've he seen sucked in the World Juniors. Therefore, he's a terrible. Prospect. But we've seen some phenomenal players from the Canadian system, re- like Paling. We've seen him absolutely light it up at the Juniors, and then 
fucking just dive bomb. Wrong, Matt. Right. He laid so, it up for the juniors. He should be a top six player on the Canadians right now. I, Again, I this is the whole development curve thing. Not every player yeah. can make that That's big correct. leap right That's right. away. That's right. And it's all who you play with. And you like, yeah. I, it's not an excuse. Caulfield yeah. was put on a defensive line with defensive players, and the only time he did score is when he was put on that power play or that top line with Turcotte, a guy yeah. he played with all season. Yeah. But then what I just said with Romanov, Romanov continuously excelled at the juniors, did well at the KHL level. Now he's at the NHL level. He did that steady progression, which yeah, is and, which is what you want to see. And I think if we have a season, uh, you're going to see him progress from the third line to the second line to first line minutes as the season goes on. That that's what I believe. If he, he continues well the progression at this, if rate, he sure. continues his progression, yeah. yeah. I'm not but saying if, he's going to be a top yeah. line guy by the end. I'm just saying you're going to see him move into these spots. So so because we're still calling him. An NHL, we're calling him an NHL or calling him a prospect or calling him a whatever just on Roman obviously we haven't talked to him talked about him very much if the season started today who would you pair him up with Kulak and you'd have Kulak playing the right yep no I'd have well yes because I want Romanov to develop uh, on his right side because they've already said as they've already said like they'll they're comfortable playing him on either side it's going to really well. He's, on he's him. played on either side throughout That's right. his career. So That's right. I personally, if it was me, I would play him on the left because that's where I'd want him to develop his skills. Okay. That, that's what? just my, he's a left-handed guy. He's going to be our left-handed guy in the future. Yep. Play him on the left side. Yep. Blaine. I think he's going to end up with the Edmondson. Okay. I think that's partially why they signed Edmondson. Cause you look at what Edmondson did, uh, with uh Kale Fleury's brother Hayden Fleury yeah and Hayden Fleury took a massive leap in his progression just playing alongside Edmondston yep. so he's that kind of guy that yeah he's not he's not gonna wow you with anything uh, offensively but he is so steady and he is he's very vocal and he's got that uh he's got that leadership aspect that he can actually mentor a young defenseman and kind of show him the ropes as a as an on ice coach, so to speak, someone, you know, a peer, peer to peer mentorship. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I, that's I what agree. he's going to end up. In. I tend to agree with you. I think Edmonston would be a good pick. And um, I do agree with the whole development of Hayden Fleury and everything. And yeah. um, that'll definitely help him out. But I, I'm, I'm with, uh, with Treg as well. If it, if it ends up being Kulak, it right. is what it is. I'm very, very surprised. He didn't say Matt say, to be honest, like I was, just you know just gritting my you know just I'm, i was ready i was uh, ready for him to be like Victor Mate, and i'd be like fucking boom mine you know my whole my whole head was just gonna be gone right but romanoff cannot protect mete the, his entire career it so, wouldn't be that it would be mete protecting romanoff that's it have you seen him throw a hit exactly. no nobody has <laughs> that's because he's saving it he's saving nobody it. has seen him throw yeah. a hit he's too fast that's it <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've been at this for a while now. I think uh, I think we had a pretty good prospect show, some news and notes. Um, Treg is near murderous rage because he's at the bottom of his uh, his pre workout. It's not pre workout; it's post workout. Post workout. Oh, okay. So you have to rehydrate after all the gym selfies. It, it's just water. That's all it is. It's just water. But it's red. 
Oh, yeah, Eastern we, Passage water. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's fuel for the body. <laughs> Antifreeze. And, and thankfully, we're not on camera yet. So the free advertising on your cup, I mean, we're going to have to work on that. Yeah. So it's wonderful I'll, advertising. I'll for talk to the guys at beep, beep, and uh, <laughs> see what we get. <laughs> see what we get. Uh, all right. So for our listeners who have stuck through our garbage again this week, uh, thank you. We appreciate you guys com- uh, coming to listen to us. Especially after the shit show last week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were, we're in a hard place there. Pretty tired. So um, go to check us out on different platforms. Subscribe, like, share, uh, chirp us. Please feel free to chirp us. Uh, Treg enjoys the interaction because he gets to be a villain. Let's his inner villain out. And now he's he's Which apparently already did today, and you guys got mad at me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's not talk about Petrani and his neck injury. <laughs> well, you just got permission to go back near schools again, so let's not uh, let's not ruin it. All right. So uh, with that, I think uh, I think we'll end it. And thanks for listening. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no frills, no nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.